0: The garage. My papy said son you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving. Tell him it's your car and you do what you want with it. I own this car, I do as I please. I also own the highway, my taxes pay for that. They're both mine. I own the highway and I own the car. I own
1: everything. Here. Hey everybody, do you hear that noise outside? That's the Christmas bells telling you that the Throwing Wrenches Christmas episode
0: is coming up next. We want to say thanks for joining us. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all that jazz. And welcome to the Auto Podcast that gives you the best Christmas episodes, right?
1: Well, I would say they're the, (laughs) and I've said this word a lot here lately, they're the much maligned Christmas episodes. As a matter of fact, in all my podcasting years, Daryl, as as a crusty veteran to the podcast Mm -hmm. trade, I can tell you I've never gotten so much hate for Christmas episodes as I have. Doing throwing wrenches.
0: Well, in all honesty, that's probably because of my picks last year with Driving Miss Daisy. But that's a whole other story. If you want to listen to that carnage, I'll put a link in the description. Somehow
1: Mad Max and Miss Daisy got in the same episode.
0: Right. And in lieu of family stories this Christmas or Christmas movies... Uh, we're actually going to present the Throne Wrenches virtual road trip soundtrack. That's right. You might not be able to drive to Grandma's this Christmas, but you can pretend that we're all driving the Dan Ryan headed to a party in an old Chevy Astro van all the while hoping that the tree on top strapped to the roof doesn't fall off. Now, that's in a direct reference to... Season one's
1: Christmas mm. episode. This That's, is number three. This is number three. Now, th- no, personally, the story of, of the Scott family <laughs> driving the Astrovan. Now, it might have been Cicero. It might have been the Dan Ryan. I don't know. I, I wrote that intro. I'm surprised Daryl actually read it without uh, flaming me. Um, but uh, somehow they got home. With, <laughs> the, the tree did fall
0: off, right? It did. It fell off. and, and It, it <laughs> fell off. Fell off and got skinned on one side. So it was a bald tree. Just, was, turn, just turn it a little bit to that good side. It's what we did. Yeah, but no, that uh, was from our our first Christmas episode. Uh, last year we did – was it, just, it wasn't Christmas movies. It was just a retrospective. Of, it was just literally our favorite movies. Okay. Our favorite car movies, I think, was the theme. So we had some Better Off Dead. I think you picked uh, – was it Smokey and the Bandit? Smokey and the – yeah. And uh, Cannonball Run, I believe, was in there. Which was a nice precursor. And, and you had <laughs> Rain Man and Driving Miss Daisy. I still stand by my choices. <laughs> and that might have been the maligned part. I'm not sure. All right. And this one goes out to uh, Mr. Irish Lightning. I, I still stand by my choices. Uh, like – I, I, don't, I really not really Don't love. ever
1: concede your confidence, Daryl. No? No. Thank no, you.
0: No, stay on top of that. Even how however wrong I am, uh, <laughs> Jessica Tandy.
1: Anyways, um, so so. This, this episode is not sponsored by anybody. This one completely comes out of the bankroll of Eric Stahl and Daryl Scott because we want to make sure we give you 100% unadulterated, uninterrupted, <laughs> and unmonetized fun. Nobody manipulated our choices on, on what we're going to do tonight.
0: Yes, there was no influence. Although it might have been because the Casey Law Office or Forts Toyota of Pekin might have wanted to distance themselves <laughs> from whatever <laughs> carnage we we uh, mind wind up taking this year, mm-hmm. but this year we're not doing movies we're not doing stories of Yuletide Tide long ago no we're actually doing we may we may break into some we we might sing a little bit, who knows. Uh, we're doing songs. We're doing songs because that's something everyone can relate to, and something that when you get in your car, that's that's your sanctuary. Unless you're riding with your kids or family or significant others or that annoying friend who has to touch your radio, which is, by the way, next to taking someone's french fries, touching someone else's radio, that's a big no no in a car. Yeah, I
1: think in the show Supernatural, it was always like, uh, driver picks the tunes, you know, and, yeah. and uh, Passenger shuts his pie hole or something like that Is it
0: Someone in a shotgun shuts his pie hole I think it's I think there should be some sort of a plaque on the dash That says that It's just an unspoken rule But um, When you're in your car It's your music Your rules Your playlist You cue it up And that's your domicile and that's kind of what we're going for this year, as we said. This year has been a little dicey, a little different. And uh, you know, if you didn't get to take all those road trips that you wanted to this year, or the holiday trip to Grandma's is a little different. Uh, we wanted to just kind of throw some of our favorite road tunes, if you will. Now, uh, Eric, th- there was a caveat when we picked our tunes, right? It didn't have to necessarily be about cars. Th- this or was driving. actually
1: kind of tough because it could have actually just been a straight-up tune, uh, you know, that you love to listen to when you're in your car. But then yeah. I-, I said, you know, Daryl. If we had just a – it was just car songs, it would be like Pitching Camaro, Hot Rod Lincoln. Of course, yeah. it's all these great, iconic songs. But I can't sit and listen to Hot Rod Lincoln in my car when I'm driving anymore unless I'm literally driving autocross or something like that because that kind of music makes me frantic. But my, my goal was when we chose car songs was to be something you listen to when you're cruising. And that may be unfair because I do – more than my fair share of seat and windshield time cruising across the country, so I can appreciate a good song that gets you from Des Moines, to Iowa City. you know, just relax <laughs> right. maybe if you even hit repeat once or twice but uh so so we had a little bit of a caveat there, and we did one of Christmas songs uh and by the way, getting back to what you were saying about people driving i if you're the guy who can sit in your minivan and you have your iphone iPhone headphones on. While you're driving, and the family's like resting around the back seat, yeah. and watching an Aladdin DVD. <laughs> Sir, I salute you. I don't know how that guy does that. I've never been able to pull that off in my entire life. You can't toot it out. No. How can I, how can you sit there with headphones on and act like you're in a whole different world than
0: the rest of your family in the car? Have you ever been able to do that with your wife in the car? No. I drove with headphones on one time when I had a Cutlass Supreme with it, with no stereo. <laughs> <laughs> But I had, like, a disc man or something. I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't need a stereo. And I think I drove to work, like, a week with that on there. And I I didn't like it because I couldn't hear, I don't know, probably the people honking at me as I cut them off. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was, I thought yeah. it was dangerous. And then my dad reminded me. He's like, oh, you know, that's illegal. That, that is definitely illegal. They could write be- you a ticket. Although like, somebody, what? you know, I was driving up Rockford Brockford this weekend. A guy
1: came right across the intersection holding his phone like, smiling and talking to him. I'm like, what in the world is 2020 as much as... <laughs> We've advanced in society. There's still yeah. people holding their phones and laughing and talking as they go through busy intersections and in, in crowded towns. So anyway. yeah, your
0: last, the last thing your mema saw on FaceTime was uh, you know, some yeah. flaming car wreck.
1: Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's hands-free, that stuff. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. So the, the trick for this episode was we're going to do five songs each, and then we may even have a little bit of a moment of musk in here somewhere. And uh, But the whole point of these songs is songs you enjoy driving – on the road with, and maybe they have a bit of a car theme to them. Is yeah, that fair, fair enough?
0: enough. Yeah, I think that was good. Those are good parameters to work within, yeah. Eric. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh. we, really, it's a Christmas show.
0: We could do whatever we wanted.
1: <laughs> we decided not to completely, you know, it wasn't going to be like my top ten, they might be giant songs, something like that.
0: That's, that's coming up for the Easter show. Oh, it's a great idea. In 2021. I'm writing that down right yeah. now. Yeah, here it goes. All right. All right, so should we should we
1: start from the top? Take yeah. it from the top here? Okay, so just so you know, first off, I do have a Spotify playlist with all these songs. So you can, if you're a Spotify person, you can jump on that. And then Daryl is going to queue up a premium selection on YouTube, which will actually be more thorough because – one of your songs definitely is not on Spotify. Sure. Shame, shame. Yeah. That that's... just means you got the cool factor for the
0: obscurity. <laughs> right. And that's what I was going for. <laughs> now, and that's the trouble with streaming services. Sometimes you get a little this, a little of that. And uh, so we'll make sure to, to sprinkle all of them in on a platform of your choice. Yeah, there you go. All right. Except for iTunes. Except for iTunes because, yeah, you know, whatever. All right. All right take it from the top. Uh, I'm going to hop right in. We let's got, do it. Well, let's song
1: do it. number one. Daryl, this, this song should not shock you at all. It's Rush. We're we're prog, we're prog rocking it. I mean, this is yeah. really the most rockin' tune I probably have on my list right here. It's Red Barchetta. It's off the Moving Pictures album. A phenomenal album. It's got YYZ, it's got Tom Sawyer, but it's got it's got Red Barchetta. And Red Barchetta is one of those songs that even as a as a kid as 16 driving his 78 Plymouth Valari, you could <laughs> you could jam the song and it spoke to a dystopian future of a young child jumping in his car, jumping actually on the turbo freight, hopping the train to his uncle's farm out in the country. And his uncle basically rips a canopy off of a classic car somewhere in the garage, and the kid drives off. Now, as he's driving around the countryside, somebody's alerted the authorities, and the authorities get up in their hovercrafts and chase the kid down. And somehow he loses them at a bridge, and he gets back to his uncle's house. It's a great story, but Neil Pert. And Geddy Lee and Alex Lifeson, I mean, they bring this song to life. I love this thing. It, Daryl and I made a, a pact we weren't going to play the songs during this episode because we knew it would, it would run into all kinds of problems with infringement, with copyright, possibly mm, yeah, get us banned. So I, I hope you you know, listen to these, these playlists and listen to these songs. But anyway, this one, the growling of Lifeson's guitar just sound like the revving of the engine of the car. And the song jams for like four or five minutes. This is classic Rush. This is actually what classic rock and roll is. It's a fun, fun song. And, but yeah. again, that, that science fiction thing, that get, it wasn't Getty's thing. That was Neil Peart's whole thing. He was all about science fiction in a lot okay. of the songs. So
0: good stuff. Recommend it. Love it. I, I, I have a soft spot for Rush. And uh, by the way, I think Rush gets a bad rap. I don't know what happened for a while. I didn't, I didn't like them for a long time. Were they cool in, when you were in high school? Were they cool? They were never cool. No, see all the drummers in my high school. Well, yeah, my brother was a drummer. So that, but he had a Hemispheres
1: poster on his outside bedroom wall, uh-huh. which was a nude guy standing on the brain, holding his arm out like a like a Shakespearean <laughs> thing. It was the weirdest thing. Where I'm like, I'm never listening to that. Better. I don't know
0: what that is, but I don't want any yeah, part of it. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. Well, I remember like in – I was a marching – I was a band nerd, marching band nerd. All the drummers, the really good drummers, like all about Rush. And then when I met my wife, she was in Marching Band too. <laughs> and she's like, oh, are you a big Rush fan? I'm like, actually, yes, I am. She's like, me too. My drummers in Marching Band got me into it. So I think there's definitely a drummer connection, right? Yeah, I it's can see that, that. It's all that syncopated beats and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like it's cool. Yeah, so if you um, like Rush, you're among
1: you're among company. So he had a uh, a drum solo and a show of hands called the Rhythm Method, which I didn't understand the Rhythm Method back then. But uh, I get there, it. There's a whole thing with do 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 and uh, they used to play that a lot during marching band. But I mean, I'm a, I graduated '89. Would you
0: graduate in '97, 90, '97, 97. 97. yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that still carried
1: on back then. But I mean, oh yeah.
0: Yeah, they'd have, like, we'd have the cadences going up and down the field and stuff, like, you know, and they'd play brush stuff and little... That's cool. ...little ditties. That's cool. Yeah, it was, That's it's, it's, I hope that marching band kids are still doing that now.
1: If they can have marching band, it's not... (laughs) Probably not. ...and
0: part of that dystopian future that's been outlawed. Yeah, hovercraft. We're having (laughs) hovercrafts. All right, so my first pick here, wonderful job, by the way. Thank you. Starting us off. Uh, My first pick is also kind of a throwback, uh, not to the 70s, but we're actually going to go to 1987. Um I have a fond fond memory involving John Cougar Mellencamp, oh. and my pick was his, uh, his his track "Check It Out" from the nineteen eighty seven album "The Lonesome Jubilee." And I remember on a road trip to Florida to visit my grandparents. It was probably the summer of eighty seven, uh, in in a Chevy Astro van. <laughs> we were driving <laughs> had down there. The Astro's back. Didn't I we? did. Yeah. I did. We were driving down there, and. Um, I think my folks... It was one of the first cars they bought that had a cassette player, yeah. a stereo, and they never really had cassettes. They had Previously that
1: it was uh, a
0: track Yeah, and I think my dad had an 8-track in his Malibu, but we never... They never had them. And then uh, they have their old 70s records, and then they had kids, so they didn't buy anything. Not you know. to interrupt your story, we, yeah, had two, yeah.
1: we had two eight tracks when I was a kid. Did you really? It was Neil Diamond coming to America. Okay, that was
0: a great, great eight good track. At and then she had
1: Barry Manilow's Grace hits. <laughs> <Rough>. Oh, <laughs> Mandy. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's some that's some good road Some Barry Manilow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I remember like we were in Terre Haute, Indiana, and my folks stopped for lunch.
1: Classic breakdown spot for the Stahl family,
0: right, right. up. Yeah, we had a flat tire there one time too. <laughs> it must be is it on US 41? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something with that stretch there, folks. <laughs> 41 and 70, I believe, is across in Terre Haute. And we stopped. I think we got lunch somewhere. I'm sure I told this story about us breaking down Terre Haute. But you finish your probably. breakdown Terre Haute story? I'll finish mine. Well, there's one to break down. They, we just stopped for lunch. And my folks were like, hey, as long as we're here, I think it was like a Venture or a Kmart or something. They had to get s- something for the road. Venture. snacks or something. And while they're in there, they're like, we'll get some tunes for the road. And they came back with two albums on cassette. Lonesome mm-hmm. Jubilee from John Cougar Mellencamp. Nice. And Bruce Hornsby, which he's a later pick here. Yeah. And the rest of the trip down to Florida and back that summer. We just listened to John Cougar Mellencamp. And I remember Check It Out was like my dad and my one of our favorite tunes. It was just great. There's an accordion, you know, there's some good squeeze box action. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And it and, just and you were in
1: his backyard too. Yeah, I mean, there there was were, they probably had like a John John Cougar Clarence section. It was probably
0: a blue light special <laughs> at Kmart. Yes, yeah, from uh, Seymour, Indiana, not that far. And uh, interesting, I just remember talking about, um, you know, some of the lyrics talking about just – it's all about future kids, future yeah. generations doing better and learning from the past and moving forward. And there's a euphemism about you know, riding down life's highways that were built by people from the past. And I love checking it out. It's a Life great is song. a
1: highway. Didn't even bring that. One. No Tom Cochran on tonight's <laughs> list.
0: That's too obvious for like, but you know, super but, cool people. You know, Tom
1: Cochran, when he was with Red Rider was actually cool. But then when he when he got on the car soundtrack, he totally lost. You know,
0: <laughs> so that dude, ca-
1: he cashed in at that point. He's probably worth what couple hundred million. One billion dollars because of one song. Probably. And, and the rest of Red Riders sit up in Canada and socialized medicine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> They're working at like a Tim Hortons. Double, double decaf. <laughs> Those poor bastards. I anyway. Know. All right. So what was your... So uh, we went to Terre Haute. Well, we didn't go to Terre Haute, Indiana, but we uh, ended up in Terre Haute, Indiana. And
0: that's how you say it, by the way. Terre Haute.
1: Terre Haute. Is it uh, Terre Haute? Is that how you would maybe pronounce if you looked at it? It may be. No, but Terre Haute. Anyway, we had the... Oh, man, what year was that Chrysler New Yorker? It was the long-body, white New Yorker with the red, crushed velvet interior. My dad loved this car. Ooh. The flip-up headlights on the
0: front. Yeah, like um, an 87, 88.
1: It probably... Su- no, that's too new because that's a smaller body. This was the big body.
0: The big body? Uh, well, late 70s still had flip-ups.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so we get to Terre Haute, and the car just shuts down. I think the water pump blew up or the alternator blew up. I don't know because I was a kid. So we end up at the Holiday Holiday Inn in Terre Haute, and they can't get apart for a day or two. So we think this is part of the vacation. We're on our way to Pensacola, Florida, but we stopped for two days in Terre Haute, and we stay at the Holiday Inn. Well, was it a holodome? No, it wasn't a dome, because uh-huh. it was an outside pool. Okay, but okay. but here's the kink in the whole deal. Still nice. The pool got shut down because the night before, the Shriners had been in town, and one of the Shriners
0: jumped in the pool and died. <laughs> oh, my God. It was police tape all around the pool. <laughs> I'm not laughing at a guy's death. But that's... That's the the worst thing I've ever heard. That's the worst thing. But anyway, so we
1: were so disappointed. So we go to, but they had this, to clean the pool, huh? They had to clean the pool. I, be don't that, what I, I don't
0: know. We couldn't go in it. I know that. Maybe was, I don't was think. There, we, was there crime scene tape? Yeah, around? there was
1: there was tape all around
0: it. <laughs> hey kids, just uh, don't mind the coroner's van. Yeah,
1: exactly. Have a great vacation. What's but, a little Caesars? But I will tell you this: that in the Holiday Inn restaurant in Terre Haute, uh, had a strawberry chocolate fondue. They give us, like, free credit because we couldn't use the pool. So everybody got, like, 20 bucks. So I got a strawberry chocolate fondue as my dessert one day. And I sw- I'm, I'm, like, 10 or 11 years old, and I got this whole thing with these forks and everything. I <laughs> said, with the little bread things, dipping the chocolate. <laughs>
0: It's like the greatest <laughs> vacation ever, and you haven't—you've
1: gone like two hours from home. It's yes, great. I thought, and I—I st- I think for twenty years I talked about that strawberry chocolate fondue I had at the Holiday Inn. It was the greatest it thing. ever. It was the happiest moment of my yeah. life. Now, also, you did remind me all the way down to Pensacola the the hit songs. We didn't get a cassette tape. Okay. We were stuck listening to Blinded Me With Science and Electric Avenue. Those were the two songs wow, that were okay. going back and forth. It was like, hey, and now this new new song from England, she blinded me with science. And we get stuck listening to that. Right. And then and then it rocked down to
0: Electric Ooh, Avenue. That constant. Yeah. Casey's top 40. Yeah, exactly. For the next two weeks. I'm Casey Cason. the yeah. same thing. Anyway. All right. So what's our long-distance dedication, Eric?
1: <laughs> our long-distance dedication is my next song, which is... I, I, I want to say it's nada but it's n- nada anyway it's the refreshments it's uh, Roger klein uh, and the peacemakers yeah. but his previous band was the refreshments you may know the song uh, oh it's the, how far down do you want to go to Mexico anyway it's all about Captain Kirk or something
0: I think they also do the theme song to King of the hill King of the hill is
1: yeah probably one of the bigger things but anyway yeah. this song is all fizzy fuzzy big and buzzy and it is totally one of those old time i want to say old time western but it's it's kind of a uh a desert love song and it's basically about a guy who's giving up and he's drinking a bottle and getting in his car and driving out in the desert to see uh see what's going on it's it's a good tune it goes on for like five or six minutes it's one of my classic go-to's whenever i'm on a long drive but uh it's got a total southwestern vibe i always said that roger klein was like the jimmy buffett of the southwest but i think that's kind of disingenuous to to roger you know i think jimmy's more of a parody at this point i think roger was totally you could just like see the the salt and the friggin' sweat on this guy's hat because he <laughs> loved being out in the desert so all the music kind of translates from that and i I think actually that whole album, Fizzy, Buzzy, Big and Buzzy, which I got from my brother, he sent me the CD back in like 1997. He's like, dude, you got to hear this, guy. got And he was living in Fort Myers, Florida, or Tampa, Florida, sent me the CD. I was working at the car dealership at the time. I remember going out to like a 97 Avalon and sitting in the 97 Avalon listening to that CD all the way through. Yeah, yeah. It was a diamond white with a tan leather. And it had a, a JBL sound system, I believe. Ooh. Yeah, but uh, sounded great. And I've always been a fan of Roger Klein since then.
0: It's a good pick. Yeah, uh, good,
1: good tune. Check it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll throw that up on the uh, on the playlists there, so people can check it out. Um, my number two is, is it's actually a cover. Uh, in, in my opinion, Bruce Springsteen is probably the best American poet of all time. Uh, I love I love the Boss. I love uh, Nebraska is probably one of my favorite albums. I do like a lot of his stuff. Nebraska's kind of a departure for folks. I don't know that album at all. It was one that was recorded in his bedroom in like 81, or 82 on okay. a four-track, like a TAC four-track. That's track. cool. And it's very minimal. And it's, He's never uh, been afraid to do that, which is cool. That's what I love. Yeah, he's he just doesn't care. Uh, his new stuff's decent, too. I don't know if you've heard any of his new ones. No, model.
1: I've heard... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, even during lockdown, I think he's done some stuff, right? Yeah,
0: he, he's still, of course, he says, yeah, I'm here in my home studio. just <laughs> And then behind him is like this $2 million console and this $8 million yeah. studio. Oh, really roughing it. Yeah, okay. I just got to do my thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's doing great things at age, I think he just turned 70, something like that. So um, Nebraska came out in 81, 82, and then uh, it's very minimal. If you look at some of the songs that came off there, like uh, Atlantic City. Um, oh, that's a great song. I actually like the band version covered by Levon Helm. Yes. God, that's a great song. It's phenomenal. And all of that stuff, if you take his music and then actually you know, a little different arrangement, this and that, it, it turns into something even greater. And yeah. that's what I love about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's what happened on uh, this album called Badlands, a tribute to Springsteen's Nebraska. It came out in the year 2000 when I was working in a stock room. And one of the people, one of our designers at the store, she's like, hey, uh, you like Springsteen. You like cool music, right? Here's this record my, my friend sings backup on. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's cool. And I remember working. I used to do shipping. I'd you know sit at the desk and box stuff up and ship it to UPS all day. And I just I would just play music all nonstop, just have boombox in front of me and just – and then before you know it's 5 o'clock, punch out and go home. And I remember playing this album in the summer of 2000. And it's just a covers album, but people like Johnny Cash are on it. He does a cover of uh, I'm on Fire. He, uh, uh trying to think, Los Lobos is on it, and uh, yeah. Annie DeFranco. There's some great covers. Dude, there were, early 90s,
1: there was some serious intermix on some artists. Los Lobos got around to a lot of different stuff. Oh, yeah. We were talking about Robbie Robertson earlier, Levon. Uh, yeah, dude. Great, great, great music
0: was about that time. And I love the fact that you can take something and even the original artist was like, yeah, you can, you know, take my stuff, mix it up, remix, do who, who I don't care what you do with it. And it exposes it to a whole different audience. And that's yeah. what I, I would have never probably bought Nebraska if I hadn't heard this. Sunvolt, Volt, if you listen to him, Sunvolt Volt actually did a, a cover of Open All Night. And it's a, it's a conversation that Bruce Springsteen has in this album. And the lyrics are basically talking about a guy who's in an old Cobra Mustang, and he's driving across uh, New Jersey trying to – he gets off work, he gets in this car, gets it tuned up and everything, and he's trying to blast over to see his girlfriend somewhere far away in New England on a weekend. And there's talks talk about, like, being in a payphone and calling her, saying he's on his way, and all these things that we don't have any kind of (laughs) appreciation for now. But I remember, at least when I was younger – Going down to visit, you know, my now wife down to St. Louis. It was like that, where it's like I'm not. I don't have time off. I got a long weekend, or I got a, I got a two day weekend. I'm going to leave Friday at five. I'm going to get down to St. Louis at midnight. You know, see my girlfriend for two days and drive back home. Be back at work on Monday. And those are the stupid things you do when you're young and then you're in love. Oh yeah, no, I drove to Champaign uh, <laughs> for no reason at all. Yeah, I can get home at two a.m. and still get to work at you know seven. I'll be all right. It's cool, no problem, babe. Love you. See you then. So this whole song is great, and one of my favorite lyrics is, uh, and it's just a little, little, little bit of poetry here. And I won't, I won't do this with all the songs, I promise. Yeah. Uh, Early North Jersey industrial skyline. I'm an all set Cobra jet creeping through the nighttime. Got to find a gas station. Got to find a payphone. This turnpike sure is spooky at night when you're all alone. Got to hit the gas, baby. I'm running late. This New Jersey in the mornings like a lunar landscape, and you just the the Sun cover of this, there's steel guitar. It's it's super ethereal. It's just it's it's a great cover. And you go back and you're like, Springsteen wrote all this because he probably was doing that. He's probably like, hey man, I, you know, yeah, I, I just just going to see my baby, and uh, this is what I saw, and he just penned this awesome tune. And then uh, someone else covers it, takes it to a whole new level. Highly recommend it. Great funny. It's
1: funny. And, and I think if uh, in hindsight now, looking at the list, and you'll, and you'll find this out from listening to the show, we got a little bit of country tinge to a lot of these songs. We do. do you notice that? Yeah. I didn't expect that to pop out so much. But I, I when I'm listening to music in the car, and I, I do listen to frantic punk music. I listen to a lot of that kind of music as I was younger. But when you're in the car and you're chilling and you're trying to drive hours and hours – the mentality isn't there for that kind of music, right? No, you don't want to
0: be amped up all the
1: time. No, no. it's uh No, anyway. That's a great selection, and I'm going to check out the Sunvolt version. I was never a huge Boss fan, but you know what? There's so many Springsteen songs that I love that yeah. other people did.
0: Yeah, and, and I didn't realize that, too. The older I get, I'm like, oh, who wrote that? Oh, that's that's a Springsteen tune? <laughs> Dude's just super talented, and he's, he's he's never going to slow down. I've also heard he's a great live show, like three-hour concerts and stuff like that. I've heard
1: that, too. I just don't know. I mean... I, I don't know. Yeah. I, my biggest thing anymore, Daryl, as I get older, I want to see everybody in a small venue. And I pretty much conceded to myself that I'm never going to see some artists in a small venue. Like you're not going to see him at the Castle Theater? If I could see Springsteen at the Castle, I'd pay it, I'd pay $500 for that ticket. I would too. Yeah, that would, would be too. an amazing show. I'm not going to see him at Soldier Field because I could give a <laughs> no. flying flip about seeing him there. <laughs> so, <true>. anyway. <laughs> uh, All so right. What's your next one? All right, so this is getting back to that roots rock thing. So, my next song is Get to You by Joe Ely. And I'm not I'm not a big Joe Ely fan, but this this comes down to um comfort rock. Uh, with some momentum, and it has a story to it. So Joe Ely, if you don't know who he is, he's an older, uh, kind of an American rockabilly type of guy. He's worked with everybody. He's worked with Springsteen. He's worked with uh, the Chieftains, McMurdy, Lyle Lovett, John Hyatt, Guy Clark. Those are all, like, if you had to have the American songbook, then Joe Ely sounds like he's the guy in there. So right. get get to you. What year? Uh, 1997, I believe, is how this goes. Okay. Okay. Um, Actually, here, let me give you a couple lyrics. I'm I'm not going to do them. I'm not going to sing them like you, Daryl. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've flagged a yellow cab. I've hopped a rusty freight. I've sang till my lips turn blue. I've flown a silver bird on tops of the clouds, all just to get to you. The whole song is just about how he can get back to his love. And you can feel the emotion. And sometimes when you're driving, and you know how this is, you just, you know, you want the comfort of home whoever you're with, you know, you may not ever be able to tell your wife when you get there how much you love her. Right? All <laughs> the, but you felt it all the way home until she got home and said, well, about time you got here and you're like, I love you. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah, the mood is different. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. Those lyrics capture everything so well. Yeah. No, it's a great, great song. And uh, and so I was turned on to this song. Uh, so I listened to another podcast years ago, The Real Happy Hour. But uh, one of the guys who was in that said, oh, you haven't heard Joe Ely," And I'm like now man i have no idea who that is and he he sent that song and actually this song and the eels i'd never heard of the eels except for this guy had sent me that and yeah. uh boy i tell you what the eels were like mind-blowing that was that opened up a whole pocket to everything i listened to from this point on so anyway ely's a great tune we'll put a link to that one check it out definitely it's my number three daryl all
0: right nice eels reference too i yeah. absolutely love them uh, okay, so uh, talking uh, about tunes that I don't want to say are obvious, but this one's kind of obvious. Cracker. Cracker off the uh, 1993 album Kerosene Hat. They have tons of great ones. Low. So this is a great album. It is. Uh, Phenomenal album. It's a playthrough. Yeah. It's, you start at one, you play it through, and then there's a hidden track like 80 tracks in or something. Oh,
1: shoot. What is that hidden track? I can't. Uh, uh, you're a trash girl.
0: Oh, <laughs> which I play it. Epic <laughs> sound.
1: Yes. Okay, I didn't realize it was a hidden track. Yeah. But I... That I will wake my kids up on Sunday morning making breakfast. You're talking about jamming songs. Mm-hmm. Euro Trash Girl, to me, is one of the greatest. Yeah, and that, that big, the that over. big, yeah, yeah, That big Texas <laughs> guitar
0: sound, holy crap, man. That entire album is great. We were remodeling our last house, and I, I think I, I dusted off. You know when you're remodeling something, you pull out your old CDs. You're like, I haven't listened to this crap in 15 yeah. years. Yeah. I should just get rid of it. And I like literally picked it up. It was like, like blew the dust off put it in the cd player and i was painting in the basement i, I remember i was painting the stairwell of the basement yeah. hating my life with epoxy paint <laughs> and i i played this album and like an hour and a half later i'm just like you know just screaming at the top of my lungs and like
1: Eurotrash trash yeah. girl yeah this is the
0: greatest this is the greatest band of the 90s and then like the next day i'm like they were they were really good yeah. i should just play this. so
1: the lead singer is from is he from bell and Tobacco? no he's from uh Oh shoot! They're, they're, that, so that band, mm-hmm. Cracker, is like a mix. The drummer is from the Pixies,
0: uh, yes. And the lead singer, he wasn't Bell and Sebastian. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. I thought they were. I thought they were from Texas as well, mm-hmm. or somewhere mm-hmm. down. You south. keep going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference the band in the meantime. All right. Okay. All right. So, so '93, Kerosene Hat came out. The big hits on that one were "Loser," uh, "Low." Mm-hmm. Uh, um, get off this get off this yeah a couple others on there i love the cover of loser but the other one is let's go for a ride and it's basically just it starts out with this huge driving tempo upbeat um you're talking about driving through the underpass and if we die or we crash i'll be flattened too and be buried right next to you it's kind of this like just 90s huge rock and roll explosion that's just like yeah i don't care
1: nothing matters they yeah they were like a, a like a country uh, country punk, yeah. cow, cow punk. I think was a thing, uh, like beat, a subgenre. Yeah, the Beat Farmers. To me, it was a San Diego thing, and they were. That was originally the cow punk thing that happened. I think X came out of that. Yep. Uh, yep. But uh, Cracker was definitely. It was down the line. Yeah. Uh, and Mojo Nixon was always my. He was like my <sighs> rock star from the cowpunk punk scene. Some good stuff. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. And, and and only in that little snapshot of period of time, uh, Cracker still does shows. I think they were they played. Um, not that long ago. Maybe you or were so or two. So David Lowry
1: is the main... There you go. Yeah. Uh, American vocalist, Camper Van, Ve- Camper Van Beethoven. He was the lead singer, Camper Van Ge- Beethoven. Uh, okay. Yes. I okay. knew I knew he came from
0: somewhere else. Again, that band kind of amalgamated from a couple of different sources, but great sound. Super tight. Great guitarist. So that was my pick. Let's go for a ride. Kind of an obvious title, but it's a, it's another one. You just drop the top, put the windows down, put it in drive, and peel out. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, we're, what are we at? Number four? Are we at number four already? We're knocking these out. Number brother.
1: four. <laughs> number four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'd like to have a long distance dedication. This one's. <laughs> We've set the Wayback Machine to <laughs> 19, whatever. Anyway, whatever so, you know, this is. Okay, so this next song is called Long Way Home. It's a cover, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. This is from Hot Club of Cowtown. Hot Club of Cowtown is a Western swing band. They're from Austin, Texas. I have been a huge fan of these guys probably since. Holy smokes! We were living in Green Valley. I mean, this is probably fifteen or sixteen years ago. I, I fell into them. This is a classic example of using Napster or Spotify or iTunes. So i just finding like a, a, a band and digging it. But they're Western swing. Nice. Anyway, long way in, long way home. Uh, it's just a, a simple little talk. A little cheapers. Listen to me. I'm struggling. We're tongue-tied together. Yeah, anyway, uh, so uh, simple little song. It's not very complicated. Uh, Alana, who's one of the uh, the main singer on this, she plays uh, a fiddle. The lyrics go, I put food on the table, a roof overhead, but I'd trade it all tomorrow for the highway instead. It's a great lyric, and I have loved this song for 10 or 12 years at least. So as I'm putting the show together, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this one on there. I can't find this anywhere. What's what's going on? I'm like searching. I'm googling "Hot Club of Cowtown," and it's certainly there. It's on one of their albums, but uh, the Tom Waits version keeps popping up. Well, Tom Waits wrote this song originally. Uh, okay. And, and I'm going to say Tom Waits to me is the deep end of the pool. If you can handle Tom Waits, I mean, you can handle about anything. I I love. Man, I'll listen to Keith Richards' solo album. I love anything John Hyatt's written. But Tom Waits' gravelly voice, you have just got to have an ear for it. Yeah. And I struggle with it. So what I did this last week, I was working out in the garage, and I put the Tom Waits version on of Long Way Home. And uh, i got to tell you, it's honestly better with a female singer. There's just just something about it. So uh, I went and saw Hot Club Cowtown randomly. I was in Austin for a business meeting a couple years ago. And... I'm like, eh, I wonder what's going on with Hot Club of Countdown. They're from Austin and sure enough they're playing at the Continental Club, which they have a great album that's live from the Continental Club." I went down there. Daryl, nobody first off, nobody in the meeting wanted to go with me, which God bless them because I'm glad they didn't. I got to stand there and enjoy it myself. But I watched all these older couples like get out and just like start dancing with their wives.
0: Yeah, just And I'm uh, just
1: like, "Oh my god, this is if I died and went to heaven and I this was it." I'd be okay. Yeah, you know, it was it was so cool. It was so laid back. The music was beautiful and so chill. There's something about Texas swing that's just fun to watch and fun to partake in. Of course, if I had to listen to it 24 seven, I'd probably blow my brains out. But uh, <laughs> man, it was a magical moment. And I and I think Hot Club of Cowtown is one of those bands live from the Continental Club. If you listen to that album, you'll love it. And this out al- this song is not on Live from the Continental Club, but uh, Long Way Home by Hot Club of Cowtown or you can try and get in the deep end of the pool with Tom Waits, but I'm telling you, not as good.
0: He's an acquired taste. Absolutely. You know, we were talking on the pre-show. He's there's there's a couple tunes I like. But how do you get on
1: the pre-show, Daryl? Huh?
0: How do you get on the oh, pre-show? Oh, well, you just click that little button over on the right that says uh, "Support Us on Patreon," <laughs> and uh, we'll put a link in the description yeah, of this. Yeah. And part, not the so. basic Patreon. You got to like step up to the uh, the moderate level. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking like uh, you know crystal chandeliers in the studio, but no. Uh, you know, it's it, it's, it all it's helps. Modest. We appreciate. it. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. We and we love our Patreon subscribers more than our regular subscribers. I'm sorry to tell you, <laughs> we
0: truly do. I know. <laughs> you know, I always say, you know, Daddy doesn't have favorites, but he does. We do. We do. That's yeah, fine. All right, nice pick. And I will definitely be checking out uh, Hot Club of Cowtown uh, a, a little bit more after you played some samples because yeah. I dig that stuff too. Cool, kind of timeless. Um, all right, so we're, my number four pick is also kind of a timeless pick here, uh, Roy Orbison. And uh, I'm not picking Pretty Woman or anything like you've probably heard a lot, but uh, Roy Orbison back in 1956 kind of launched his his career with a group called the Teen Kings. Wow, didn't know this. It sounds like something that uh, you know Dateline NBC would have trouble with, but or DC comic. <laughs> it does the Teen <laughs> Kings. Um, it's definitely a graphic novel that's going to Netflix. It didn't really pan out too well. He kind of was was a, a big part of their success, and uh, and by '58 had. Signed on with Sun Records and, and really kind of did his own thing. And of course, his career blew up uh, while he started opening for the Beatles here in North America. I did not know that. Yeah, they were, they were huge, huge fans of Roy Orbison. Uh, and actually, he went overseas. They and stole his haircut. They They did. <laughs> they did. Uh, Interesting dude Uh, I could go on About Roy I love a lot Of his songs Including Paperboy Is one of my favorites It's super sad And depressing Like a lot of Roy Orbison's songs Yeah Um, But this one is great Uh, This one is from 1956 And it's the B-side On the 45 To his more popular hit Which I'm not a huge fan of It's called Ooby Doobie 1956 1956 so who was popular back then of course that was the year Elvis popped right there was was a lot of stuff going on Little Richard Little Richard uh, Jerry Lee Lewis you know there was just a lot uh, kind of rockabilly stuff going on That's a tough generation because it's it goes from country, Mm -hmm. but to to rock. I mean, you had this weird weird hybridization, right? You did, and that's I think like you were saying. I think our theme is we like rock, we like punk, we like rockabilly, we like country, and that's really like the mid fifties. Like Roy Orbison, there's a lot of his stuff that is all of those things. And uh, Trying to Get to You from 1956 is a song that was written and, and made popular a few years earlier by a, like an R&B group that I can't remember right now. Uh, and then Elvis recorded a version of it, didn't do so hot. And Conway Twitty recorded a version. All nice. of those guys were all, and at, at Orbison, all of them were on Sun Records at the time. Yeah. So I think what they wound up doing was basically like... Hey, this is, a, this is a good money maker. Uh, we already own the rights to this song. <laughs>
1: Let's just keep pressing this thing.
0: <laughs> Let's have everybody sing it, and we'll see if we'll throw everything at the wall. See Let's what get Yogi sucks. Bear to sing it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you listen, and the Elvis version is decent, the Conway Twitty—I love Conway Twitty. Early young uh, Conway Twitty stuff is great. But the Roy Orbison version, the original '56 version, which we'll put in the playlist here, is great because it's got a lot of Fender reverb. It's got a lot of. Uh, uh, the effects where it's like Sun, like Sam, is it Sam Phillips? Was yes, the Sun guy. Yes, where he'd get you to like stand in like this the bathroom, yeah, you know, outside the studio to get the echo. Yeah, the, the Orbison version of this song is perfect because it does sound like you're you're just out in the middle of nowhere on a country road. And yeah, the whole thing is again a song talking about trying to get to going to see your baby, trying to drive all night to see her. Yeah, he misses her and loves her and he's gonna. Basically, <laughs> fall asleep at the wheel to get to her, yeah. and it's great because I just envision Roy Orbison driving like a '56 Lincoln or something driving through the country.
1: But see, that image you have of Orbison yeah. is, is completely generated by the traveling wheelbarrows, and that it, yeah. So Orbison had like the resurgence because I didn't understand who Roy Orbison was when I was a kid. And, of course, I'm I'm almost a decade older than you, Daryl. That's right. That's uh, right. But uh, when, when the Traveling Wilburys came out, Orbison had like a resuscitation in his career. Sure did. And, I mean, he just – it was like this mysterious guy, but he had this amazing vocal.
0: And- yeah, you look at him, and I always thought – this is, this is how stupid I was as a kid. I always thought that he was – blind i thought he had some visual impairment or something well i mean ray charles thing and you know yeah we always had those like you never saw his eyes you always saw his sunglasses and you never really saw him doing anything yeah. except like standing on a stage i remember checking out uh, a cd from the lake villa district library when i was a kid and it was called roy orbison the best of the sun years and i think it was pressed in like the wow 90s. that's that's strong research there daryl um, i was a nerd yeah, yeah. i still am <laughs> no <laughs> say it ain't so no way <laughs> So I took it home and I listened and I am like, I don't recognize any of these songs. It wasn't Pretty Woman, it wasn't Blue Bayou or you yeah. know, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was all these old Sun standards that he recorded that had some popularity. Not as popular as Elvis and the others, you know, like I said. Yeah. Um but they were just I mean the thing was great. he
1: stood the test of time. I mean, when mm-hmm. all those other guys had basically failed or died, Orbison was still standing there in the eighties. Yeah. And uh, he was able t- to sing again, and, uh, and there was a lot of appreciation for him at the time,
0: definitely. And I think to be a, a big name and a big artist back then, if you didn't have the record company pushing you, yeah. you were doing things, and I hate to say this, but I, I, you were doing things like Richie Valens and The Big Bopper, where you're getting on Cessna planes and flying from, like, you know. Crappy nightclubs and and doing shows so, all over the Midwest. So you have
1: to mock the Big Bopper for flying on the plane. That's strong, Daryl. I, mean, no, I mean, I'm just I mean, saying.
0: He only died trying to please people. Right. Way to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. Jesus. No, it just sucks though. It just because on the back of this record, and if anybody can find this, it's it's a, it's a nice collection. Maybe it's a Time Life collection by now. But the the, the, the Royal Burson Sun Son Years record. Nobody knows what
1: that is either, Daryl. No, they yeah. don't because no. I'm old.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the back of that record was a picture of him in an old Lincoln. With a trunk full of equipment and like on the side of the road somewhere on tour, it's like Roy Orbison on tour, you know, where they actually like made the sign and stuck it on the car because that was your advertising budget if you weren't famous. Sure, sure. And you know, you'd be going from town to town. You know, you'd be at uh, I don't know the Hub nightclub in Edelstein, Illinois, and then the next day you'd be in Waterloo, Iowa, you know, playing <laughs> some ballroom. So I I give a lot true of these guys true story. Do these guys the old school people who who did the road tours? Yeah all these songs they have about life on the road it's because there's a lot of hard miles yeah, about people all right, <laughs> number five anyway, <laughs> number <laughs> five
1: actually here's what we're going to do Daryl I don't okay. know Daryl I, yeah. I didn't think it could happen I didn't think it was possible to,
0: uh, to, to work something, to into, work this something episode? into this episode but it's
1: time for your moment of mus. Okay, so here's the deal, Daryl. Oh I thought what there's got to be a website out there somewhere that has Elon's favorite songs. And, and there and there is. And sure enough, when you when you Google Elon's favorite songs, guess what? Entrepreneur magazine actually has five of Elon's favorite songs. And I thought, this is crazy. Of course it's a slideshow, so you know it's a little bit of clickbait, but whatever. I'm going to go through those five slides. Let me tell you a couple of couple songs here, Daryl. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the We're going to try and keep this within the minute, within the Lost in Space theme song here. Anyway, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Okay. Ha ha ha. That's, a, you know, like a SpaceX thing. Wah-wah. Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, the Monty Python song. It's in, uh, it's sung by Eric Idle, and it's in The Meaning of Life, I believe. It's kind of morbid, but okay. It's, it's great. Did it, did it. Always <laughs> Look on the Bright Side of Life. It's a great song. America... F- yeah. Ready to save <laughs> the mother and day. Yeah. That's from, from Team America. Team America colon World Police. Yeah, World Police. You know, it, okay. And then we get to a song that I can't pronounce, and maybe you can help me out with Daryl.
0: I believe it is uh, Conti Paretiro by Andrea Bocelli. I could say the Bocelli part, but I couldn't say the Conti And You know, anyway. Uh, You've been to Italy. I, I have. You've eaten pasta overseas. I have.
1: The last song on the list keeping it festive and i didn't make this up entrepreneur magazine says the number five song by elon musk that he basically says what makes a top five song for elon is if he's whistling it throughout the day while he works Hmm. well climb me the moon look on the bright side of life america and connie pietro okay whatever whatever but santa claus is coming to town and we're not talking about any version of Santa Claus is coming to town. We're talking about the Fred Astaire version that's on the Rankin Bass special that you used to watch when you were a kid every year on CBS. Interesting. Yes, Fred Astaire rolls up on that Model T on the on the tracks. Yeah. I think we I think that might have been my car of the week on like episode four. So, <laughs> I think it
0: was. You did have a Model T snow <laughs> snowplow or something. <laughs> so
1: anyway, keeping it festive, I'm going to play this song for you right now. Santa Claus is coming to town. Fred Astaire. Fresh here, known for his dancing, but according to Elon, better for his singing.
0: You better watch out, you better not cry,
1: you better not cry. I tell you what. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's not the nice. Santa Claus is coming. And that is your Moment of Musk. Ho, ho,
0: ho on Mars. on Mars. Will Santa go to Mars, you think? Um. Yeah, I think there's enough room. We could probably squeeze him into a rocket. Will he stay on the North Pole of the moon? or Will he travel
1: intercontinental? I mean, will he have... Maybe like the 26th he'll show up because he can't possibly do
0: two planets in one day, right? Maybe. But, you know, the the main reason he's leaving is the taxes. Oh, definitely. It's the the incentives, the business incentives.
1: Will Santa die on Mars?
0: (laughs) He might. I've seen Total (laughs) Recall. Nobody, nobody gets out of Mars alive, unless you're Schwarzenegger. Except the three-legged la- or three-boobed lady. That's right. Yeah. Total Recall reference. Nerds. Nerds. All right. So, are we are we ready to wrap this? <laughs> no, we're ready to go to song number five. Darryl. I know, I know, but that's that's close to the end. We got some honorable mentions. We got to talk about those for a few oh, okay, minutes. All right, okay. All right, all, right, all right. Number five, Eric. Let's let's see your pick. Your all-American. Oh, oh pick. shoot, does it go back to Maine? It does.
1: Okay. So, everybody talking. It's by well the version I love is by Glenn Campbell, but uh, uh, Nielsen, an American legend. Yeah, uh, Harry Nielsen, I mm-hmm. think originally wrote this song, and I and I actually got some criticism because I said I love this version, and I shared this on my Facebook feed probably a year ago. Glenn Campbell did a special. Uh, it was when he was going through his Alzheimer's, and he did a last tour. And the documentary is great. I I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or it's on Netflix right now.
0: I can't remember the name of it, but I I know what you're talking about. I think it's like Remember Me or something like that or I Don't Remember You. Because he was filming it as kind of his disease was progressing, yeah. and he was very public about it. I remember watching it. Uh, he was in, doing new, news interviews with, like, 60 Minutes and stuff about it. So,
1: Yeah, and I don't remember that part because I don't watch TV with commercials, Daryl,
0: like you do. And I'm but, 78 uh, years old watching 60 <laughs> Minutes. Go ahead.
1: But anyway, you know, lyrics, uh, I'm going where the sun keeps shining through the pouring rain, going where, where, where the weather suits my clothes Banking off the northeast winds, sailing on the summer breeze, and skipping over the ocean like a stone. Stone. Now it may not be a car song. Uh, maybe more airplanes. You know, maybe boats. But uh, you know what? It's a traveling song, and there's just a sweet spot about that. Uh, Glenn Campbell had such a great big heart. The song is so mellow. It just really just eases you back in your seat while you're cruising. And you're just relaxed. It's a, it's a great song, and uh, I highly recommend it. Add it to your playlist
0: whenever you're going anywhere.
1: Any any vacation anywhere, add this to your, to your playlist. Yeah. I think it'll be satisfying.
0: No, it's a good chill tune. And uh, I, I can't remember when it was probably written late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, something, probably like that. something like that. So it's got a little bit of that vibe, kind of just like open road, free and easy spirit kind of stuff. But, uh, no, great piece. And, yeah, Clint Campbell, R.I.P., man. That uh, that guy is Super so, talent. So now I've writer. gone
1: through five of my songs, and I'm telling you, one, two, uh, three songs, country tinge. Never thought that would happen.
0: It, talk to me when I was 18, I'd be like, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Jeepers Crow. Well, did, were you exposed to some of that growing up? would you I don't, to Not really. No. No. no never listened to anything like that. Yeah, same here. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. The only time I heard country music was... Whenever my dad was out working on something in the garage, he'd put on. Really? Uh, yeah, he'd play US-99. I was,
1: is, I was sh- taught when I was a kid by my aunt and uncle, who were kind of hoity-toity when I went to New York when I was a kid. They were like, you can have appreciation for all kinds of music except for two. Uh-oh. What uh, were the two? Country and Western. <laughs> so, like, Is that like the Blues Brothers? <laughs> we we played <laughs> both kinds, country and Western. I never thought about that, but maybe they were making a crude analogy to that movie, but I don't think they were.
0: Maybe maybe it was a joke. It's funny that three of my five songs maybe are country and western. I got no problem with country as long as it's not like modern country. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not – I don't know. It's
1: country rap. It's just – There's a
0: clear delineation of like – I blame Shania Twain's manager. Oh, yeah. That's a whole thing. Yeah, man, I feel like a woman. (laughs) Whatever that means. I don't even know. (laughs) Well, but she used to have like three different mixes. So like you'd listen to hear – that uh, whatever the song that like, don't impress me much or whatever.
1: Oh yeah, that don't impress me. You'd either. hear a
0: country mix on the country channel. You'd hear like uh, like a top forty mix on like an adult contemporary channel. That's genius though. And then you hear, like, they had, like, a club mix. I swear to God, they had it with the (laughs) beat. Uh, I don't do a beatbox impression. Boots and pants, boots and pants, boots and pants. (laughs) (laughs) They did. I swear to God, they had three or four different mixes, and they were like, let's see which one gets her famous. And it turns out it was all of them. Yeah, Because everybody loves Shania Twain. And then she married her producer. Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Mutt Lang, actually. Robert Mutt Mutt Lang, Lang, I think,
0: produced some of the early Cars records. Yeah, I think he had some provenance, but his name is Mutt. So... Robert Mutlang, that's his nickname, Daryl. That that's his street name. Is when, it, he's, when
1: he's producing with the guys, they call him Mutt.
0: Yeah, but Rick Rubin isn't called like Beefcake or something like <laughs> T Bone. <laughs> t Bone. Oh no, t Bone Burnett's already taken. T Bone. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's got to have a cool name. Anyways, <laughs> Lamb Chop. Uh, <laughs> Rick Lamb Chop Rubin. <laughs> Weird. Anyways, um, all right. So my last pick here, uh, my top five. Masterful, by the way. Uh, is Poe, uh, whose real name is actually, uh, doesn't sound as good as this, but it, her real name is Anne Decatur Uh, But she's actually the artist known as Poe. And if everybody remembers her from the early 2000s, her debut album came out, and it's just, it was called Haunted. And it's it's phenomenal. It's got Angry Johnny. It's got this tune. It's got Hello or Hello, Hello, whatever the track is.
1: Oh, uh, Angry, is Angry Johnny on that album? What I believe it is. Okay, okay. Uh,
0: what was her first album? Her first album had uh, a,
1: a hit on it, too. Um, we'll,
0: yeah. we'll dive into the archives. You keep going,
1: you keep going. All so anyways,
0: album. she's got a song on this album called Hey Pretty, and it just basically is talking about riding around the streets and taking a wrong turn and going too far, but it's all, of course, a euphemism for, like, a relationship of somebody who's just, like, completely enamored <laughs> by somebody, and, uh, you know, it's great. Um, uh, also, just kind of you know, sultry voice, great bass line, just highly produced, very good record. Uh, but she's talking about cruising around at night. But but is she? She's really not. So, anyways, <laughs> that's why I picked her. Uh, her trick, her track, "Hey Pretty," and we'll throw that on the playlist. No, as well. this
1: is this is so. I, no, you need to talk more about her. So uh, she she was one of those artists who who hopped out there. Uh, had two great big albums in a row. I'm going right to her Wikipedia page. Yeah, I remember she had a
0: follow up that was good, but I couldn't. I couldn't well, no, remember. I think
1: that's what you're. I don't think you understand. I think the second album is what you're jumping on. Uh, what was her debut? Okay, so early charting singles were Angry Johnny," "Trigger," "Trigger Heavy Jack," and "Hello" and "Hello Pretty." Okay, but I think I think discography. The first one, 1995. Okay, so 1995 was "Hello," 2000 was "Haunted."
0: Okay, okay. So this wasn't her debut. The, no, and favorite. Haunted
1: to me, I think, is the better album. There's okay. no doubt about that. Okay. It's uh the one with their three hands on it. Yes. Place. Yes, yes. Okay. This, the other one's
0: got the star on
1: the front. Yes, you're right. You're right. which which is a good album. It's kinda like the eels first album. It's like a it's a good album, but it's not like the masterwork. Okay. You no, know, Haunted is, is amazing and track listing, so let's go. We got exploration. So the whole gist of this album was her dad was like a scientist and he'd left a bunch of tapes that um they she had used some of that feedback from when her dad had passed away. He's like a, he he literally, he was like a legit, like noble laureate type of guy. Oh, wow. Okay. And so she kept some of the stuff because, you know, she felt like she was isolated from her dad. But, uh, yeah, um, Control is a great song. Hey, Pretty. Dear Johnny, the Lemon Meringue
0: is a great song. Control, um, I kind of remember.
1: And then Hey Pretty, she did a, like a mix where it's like a whole thing where a guy talks about driving with her. There's music or there's a vocal uh,
0: like just dialogue overlay,
1: and the guy talks about oh, she took me out on on Route 101, and we uh, yeah. shifted this and we went that to and
0: Mulholland. We done Mulholland we, and yeah, Drive. Yes, and, yeah. yes, it's a great,
1: great song. So yeah, I think that's her brother. He I, well, so this this album Haunted was actually based on. The House of Wind and Leaves or something, which your brother had written a book about. I know way too much about poetry. I was just going to say, you. ladies
0: and gentlemen, if you're listening right now, Eric knows that a creepy amount of History about <laughs> no, but this is great though because yeah. she she actually yeah. super talented. But what happened to her after this though? I, so well, she had like two solid I, albums, and I, and, and I can't
1: though. say because I think she was one of those people who got into a fight with the record company and decided she wasn't going to do anything else. But that album, told Interscope to go pound sand. Yeah, exactly. And she was just going to do whatever she wanted to do. um and that was the end of no, it. No, I. I, this is a great album. This is one of those albums you can listen to cover to cover. This is a road trip album, yeah, uh this is definitely one of those ones where if you're talking to somebody the whole time, you just turn it off because you don't want this is one I'm in solitary, I'm driving for hour by mm-hmm, myself, mm-hmm. and uh it's at night, of course, yeah, no headlights, good stuff, and, and you know what it's timeless too. sometimes you listen to some albums from the eighties and nineties and you're like, oh. The production, the synthesizer, something about it dates the album, yeah. but she's actually done a, a very good job on this one. It stays timeless.
0: It does. And I remember playing this when I was in college radio, and I remember we had, you know, playlists, and then we would also have a couple spots in the hour. You could, you know, dealer's choice. If you were hosted a show, you could pick whatever you wanted as long as it was on the the list of stuff that was acceptable. <laughs> the, approved, the approved music. Yeah, and I remember getting in trouble because i played play some stuff like Portis Head. Like, what the oh, hell was yeah, this? yeah, man.
1: That was the that was oh, stuff, yeah. yeah.
0: I had an 8, to eight, eight in the morning to <laughs> noon shift one time, and I remember playing. I played a lot of Poe. I love Poe. I played a lot of Refreshments. I played yeah. a lot of, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, like Chemical Brothers, all kinds of goofball stuff. Chemical Brothers I haven't come to appreciate until recently. So, yeah, yeah, I've come around to it. But Poe was the one that was on always on the list of stuff to play. And I'm like, okay, why am I not hearing this anywhere else? No, you'd see it on MTV, like maybe at midnight or later. Yeah, they wouldn't play it certainly in prime time. No, her stuff was always. No, I mean, just that's it.
1: literally prog rock. What she did there, it's it's a, it's a great album. Like I said, Haunted Poe, check it out. If you actually, my brother Dan had clued me into that out. He gave me that as like a birthday present one time. He's like, dude. Oh, yeah. I think you will love. It. Just like my brother gave me the Refreshments album, Don. He's got
0: good taste. He yeah. sounds like a no, good well, guy. No, it's two
1: brothers. It's my, one brother sent me the Refreshments. The other yeah. brother sent me Poe. So I, I have two great brothers as far as it comes down to music. So well, that certainly helps. So that's our top five. And of course, any top five wouldn't be complete unless we had a bunch of other thoughts in the background. So I'm just going to run through a couple that I had in my head. Sure. Uh, so I'll, let's just bounce these back and forth. So, okay. you know, Daryl had said earlier in the week, he's like, I can't believe I have a Cars song in here. It's like, <laughs> Cars, it's a Cars. See, that's funny. See, Well, it's I know a, you're a big Rick O'Kasek well, fan. I'm too. a huge Rick O'Kasek fan. Rick O'Kasek, Ocas- or How yeah, however you want to say yeah. it. I always said O'Kasek as a kid. But anyway, um, so what I did is I'm like, oh. Uh, Candio to me is like, Candio is like the master album of the cars. The first album is really good. It's got some hits. Of course, everybody knows Heartbeat City. And Heartbeat City, there's no slouch there either. Uh, but man, I tell you what, Candio to me is the album. And there's a song in there called Double Life. Uh, and it certainly has a lot of car reference to it. It's just a quirky little tune. The cars were, first off, Elliot Easton could rock anything with a guitar. That dude carved it up. But then you had Greg Hawks, who was throwing down some synthesizer in the background. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, they were really ahead of their
0: time. It was like New Order meets In Excess. It was just – I was going to say, there there is – and, of course, after he passed away, everybody's trotting him out and the stations yeah. are playing things. I heard a lot more – like you said, New Order, early synth. Uh, not prog rock but th- there's there's a different angle to the cars than Absolutely. the, the radio friendly no. stuff.
1: No, no, there's a there's a very very deep side of them that it's not even so so much deep it's just it's interesting, it's alternative. It yeah. is it, it's before alternative even happened. They were doing stuff and and when they were making their music, it certainly was not to be put on the radio. They they yeah, had made just... some stuff. <laughs> I mean, they made some radio friendly tunes for sure, but they made some stuff that just satisfied them. So Candio is filled with that, and Double Life is one of those favorite
0: songs. So anyway, I won't say any more of that. It's an honorable mention. All right, cue that up for sure, boys and girls on the way home. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my honorable mentions was uh, also from probably the Roy Orbison era, late 50s, 58, 59, uh, Santo and Johnny, their big hit. Uh, Santo and Johnny Farina, they're out of somewhere in New York or New Jersey. Somewhere. It's a
1: cool song. I listen to it. I like it.
0: It is good. It's um, Sleepwalk was their big hit. So there, you know, and everybody remembers that one from the end of La Bamba, the movie Mm -hmm. with Lou Diamond Phillips, where he's climbing up the hill and, yeah, all that. Anyways, uh, Sleepwalk is a great tune, but All Night Diner is a fun one, just because it's just, it's another one of those kind of quirky, cool late fifties road tunes where you could just, you could just picture that being on some AM radio, just driving around in a fifty-eight DeSoto or something and
1: just cruising. Yeah, absolutely, it's a cruising song. I like it,
0: and I like it. Uh, something
1: My grandfather would have been playing in his uh, old caddy or something like that.
0: And by the way, anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, open a 24-hour diner, please. <laughs> Once all this COVID BS gets out of the way <laughs> and everything gets back to quasi-normal, whatever that is, um, <laughs> the new the, normal. The new normal. Oh, yeah. God, puke. Uh, no, seriously, I think, <laughs> I think the next burgeoning business is going to be the 24-hour diner. I want this country to have 24-hour access to three-way chili, to uh, mushroom and Swiss omelets, to a patty melt, for God's sake. Let's do it, it Daryl. Let's make it happen. I want patty melts on every corner. Yeah. And taco trucks, Everybody, Screw yeah. it. I mean, because you have to know at this point, life is short. Enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> patty hard. Uh, anyways, uh, what's, your, what's your second honorable my next, mention? My
1: next honorable mention, this song, it was so close to becoming the list, but I don't listen to this song as religiously as a driving song. It's Jesus Chrysler... Drives a Dodge <laughs> by the Screaming Blue Messiahs. Now, I'm what's watching, in a name? That's you, a great title. Dude, it's, first off, it's an epic title. Oh. I don't know if you know who the Screaming Blue no. Messiahs are. No. Uh, they opened for you 2 on several, uh, on the Europa Tour, maybe back in like 1991 or something like that. The Messiahs were a total rockabilly throwback. They were a three-piece unit. uh Bill Carter was a lead singer and he was a guitarist. And I always said, if I could play guitar, I'd play like Bill Carter. Actually, there's a picture up there on the wall.
0: I'm looking at it, the that poster at your wall here. He's
1: literally s- jumping on his guitar over there. I see it. That's that's Bill Carter. And he and was. What year is that from? 1987 or 1989, there. But uh, nice. this dude could bang a guitar. Just slam a lam a ding dong, <laughs> man. He just. He played guitar like like somebody from the 1950s, but was given full permission in the 1990s. I mean, nice. you know, Eddie Vedder could have played 50s guitar. This this was what was happening. And awesome. It was so awesome. So Jesus Christ Who Drives a Dodge uh, is such a weird little tune, but in his whole rockabilly life, if you listen to any songs by the Messiahs, uh, you'll see where it fits in. It, it literally has a screaming guitar track, like, like somebody's passing you on the Interstate. It's like <laughs> reew, reew. you know, it's like somebody's passing you. Almost like hot uh Hot Rod Lincoln where that dit, dit, you yeah. know yeah. type yeah. thing. You get the little stupid car. Yeah. But this is the nineties version
0: and it is hot, man. And okay. If you have never heard this song, listen to check it, it out. at home. Check it out. For sure. I love it. I love it. That's a that's probably the best song title I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. Uh a little more milk toast. Oh, by the way, uh The Virgin Mary's in a travel lodge is one of the lyrics of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's great. Uh, my my second pick for honorable mention is much more milk toast. Uh, a little Bruce Hornsby, if you will. Cebu play, uh, Bruce Hornsby in the range from the nineteen ninety. I'm sorry, nineteen eighty eight album. Uh, I believe it's such a huge difference. Nineteen ninety and nineteen eighty eight. Scenes from the South Side, I believe, is the album, and the big hits, of course, were Valley Road. Um, what's the one that was in Backdraft? Standard on the Mountain or something like. No idea. You're not a Bruce Hornsby fan? No, not really. I'm sorry. I would have pegged you for one. Mand-
1: Mandolin Rain is the only thing I can tell you by Bruce Hornsby. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Uh,
0: standard, not Standard on the Mountain. The Show Goes On. The Show Goes that's On. That's a Queen song, isn't it? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the one I picked was Look Out Any Window, because it's, it's it's another one that's got a good driving beat, and I remember sitting in the back of my parents' Van looking out any window, watching, yeah. watching the uh, Midwest drive by as we were traveling somewhere on vacation. What I love is, I think I Googled this one and I watched the video of it.
1: Mm. And just Bruce looks so happy. He's playing that guitar and the whole band's like smiling. They've got their permed hair and they're all looking back at each other like they're happy in they groove. He group. did have a good perm. Dude, they were all just like happy.
0: They are like, yeah.
1: it was like the Hooters. Remember the Hoover, Hooters? Nervous Night? Yeah. Yeah. They were all like happy when they're playing the outfield. Everybody's happy. Right. Everybody's so full of angst these days. It, <laughs>
0: just, it doesn't work anymore. Well, I mean, they weren't Mudvayne. <laughs> I <mean>, they weren't... <laughs> They weren't stained.
1: Okay, uh, right. my number three number was three.
0: Uh, "Letter from America" by the
1: Proclaimers. Everybody knows the Proclaimers from "I Would Walk Five Hundred Miles," but also on that same album was "Letter from America." Now, "Letter from America" it's on "Sunshine, uh, Sunshine and Leith." I think is the name of the album. Uh, great album. You can play it all the way through. It's it's a little bit dated at this point, but "Letter from America" was about you know basically a guy who got jilted his girlfriend's like cruising all over from Canada to Miami. I first got clued into this song, though, was from the, um, the movie The Commitments. That oh, re- but about Dublin soul. Oh, the Dublin soul. Oh, yeah. So the, 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 blonde gear, the blonde guy with the hair and the ponytail, the lead singer, yeah. he, he sings Letter from America at the wedding. That's his song where they look at him and go, that guy, he'll be our lead singer. That's what he's singing? He's singing Letter from America.
0: We just just watched it again like a year ago, and I'm like,
1: this movie's great. It's amazing. I want my kids to experience it kind of like once. There's like these movies, like they need to see these. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so if you don't know The Proclaimers, I highly recommend
0: them. Are they Irish as well or Scottish or something? Scottish, Scottish. yeah.
1: Actually, if you ever hear them talk, it's like unbearable. You you uh, can't understand. Actually, their first three albums are all really good. and the, The album with 500 Miles to me is like their least favorite. It's a great album. Sunshine Unleath is a great album. Yeah. But it's not nearly as good as, uh, oh, shoot. Um, this is the story, I think, is is their best album. Dude, they are kicking it like they were on the street corner, like in Once, like mm. Glenn H- Hans- Hansberg? Glenn yeah. Hansard? Were you going to say
0: Glenn Headley? No,
1: no, no. Glenn, I, I would Glenn, have said that. Glenn Hansard, I think, is the name of, of the guy in Once. But anyway, yeah. you can tell they had their roots on the street corners just just banging out on their guitars.
0: Good stuff. Great picks and some movie Movie picks for you to watch in the uh, in the in the quarantine. That's
1: <laughs> how, how I rock, Daryl. I, I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number three is is again super obvious. Uh, it's "Cake the Distance," epic song. How did it not get in the top five of either of ours? It's just an obvious. It's an obvious pick. It's talking about race cars and yeah. you know. It's a good album. Fashion Nugget is a great album. Fashion Nugget, all the way. Great album. No cover to cover. That's a Mm -hmm. cover to cover album. I mean, uh, with stick shifts and safety belts and
1: uh, 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 Sinatra. What's the one with uh, (laughs) the leather sofa? Right. There's so many great songs on that thing. Yeah, I absolutely I, love there, that record. Daryl
0: went glossy, I think, yeah, that was pretty great. I'm just thinking back to all the stupids. Cakes the Distance is one of those songs that if you're driving something with some horsepower or yeah. a manual transmission, and that song come, comes on the radio or your playlist, whatever, you're going to drive stupid. You're going to yeah. be a total idiot. Uh, just because. You have to. So, da, 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 da. Reluctantly craps yeah, at the starting line. Yeah, Engine's yeah, thumping and yeah. pumping at time. So, yeah. uh, when
1: I, and this is one of those deals where – so Darrell and I share a document when we do the the show. And I'm like, ooh, that's really good. Maybe I should do Jerry's race car driver by Primus. But I can't burr. listen to that song. That gets back to the, those – when I get back to my my twenties, I can listen to it then. when I'm driving frantically, and I got to right. frantic, and I got to be like psychotic. Yeah, I'm not listening. to Jerry was a race car driver ever. You know, I'm sorry. This no, if you're
0: happening. stuck in traffic on the way home, or you <laughs> you've got like 20 minutes to get somewhere that's longer than 20 minutes, you're gonna you're gonna get a speeding ticket. So yeah. don't do that.
1: All right. So my next song was on my honorable mention list was "Keys to Her Ferrari" by Thomas Dolby. If you don't know this song, you could probably listen to it and then go, "Hey, wait a second, I know this track from listening to the." intro to Throwing Wrenches' show. Uh, keys to Her Ferrari has an intro by Robin Leach. Robin Leach. Robin Leach. You'll it's a lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's uh, don't need her love, don't need her money, just need the keys to her Ferrari is that? I think the lyrics of the song. Your ruby lips, your... Uh, oh, I anyway, know uh, Is it written about Christy Brinkley? I don't know, but it's, it's vicious, it's cutting, and it's basically a guy who loves his his woman for her car, and then proceeds to uh, blow his load in it as he's driving it. It's disgusting, it's gross, and it's everything you hate about Lifestyles, the Rich and the Famous. But also Thomas Dolby.
0: So it's kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. It's lighthearted humor. Two um, references to Thomas Dolby tonight, by the way. Did you ever know a girl like back in the day, like in high school, that had a cool car? like Like an outrageously cool car more than any other dude? There were two. There were two girls I knew.
1: No, I was in Fairbury, Illinois. No. <laughs> no. I, um, Did they have cars? There was a horse yeah, and buggy. I can't. Or... I mean, I, I mean, the one girl I was kind of hot on drove a, a Ford Fairmont. No. Uh, nah.
0: No? That's nah, No, and I'm
1: trying to remember what this other girl drove that I was hot on, but I don't know if she even had a car. I think I had to drive her around everywhere, so. Uh,
0: there were two girls in my high school. One of them had a, this is, what, you, you just thought of something? Yes. Go for it.
1: Jackie had a Corvair and her parents would let her drive the Corvair Ooh. every once in a while it was a blue it was a metallic blue convertible. A convertible? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So anyway, there was that. But I, I asked Jackie to dance one time at the high school dance in 8th grade. And rejected? Yes. Rejected. Have you ever wa- have you ever walked across a gym and said hey you want to dance and she goes
0: no. Uh yeah, I think once in 7th grade <laughs> and that's the last dance I ever went to. <laughs> Happened. I yeah. think we're simpatico, my friend. You and I. <laughs> I think we've been through some similar things. Still working through it. Right? Anyway. Now there was a girl named her dad. Uh, Audra was her name, and her dad was like the president of a bank in town. Yeah. And she had the first Eagle Talon TSI Turbo that I Ooh, ever saw. What color? It was that electric blue. Okay. And it was the that second Gibson electric blue. <laughs> yes, it was. Now I remember it was the coolest thing. It was a total chick car. Yeah. From you know when I was sixteen, but there's no way every talent had a black top. They were cool, yeah, and they had a cool little spoiler and stuff. (sighs) All old drive, they were sick. They were a neat little car, and I remember she bought she had one brand new, and I'm sure you know Dad bought it, whatever. I'm sure she got it from working part time at the bank. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and the sticker on that car was twenty something, and then there was another girl that had a. uh... It's embarrassing. She actually had a, uh... (laughs) in an ironic way. She had an old Olds Omega. You remember what those were? No, they were like a Nova, but they were an Oldsmobile. What year? Seventies, uh, like I, I seventy-five. Don't remember, don't remember the car, but okay. Yeah, it's like a Chevy Nova, and they made they made some hot ones. They had a little three hundred and fifty in them and stuff. She had a red one that her grandma gave her, and it was just like this super probably original low mileage car and. Uh, to her, it was just a beater. I'm like, man, that thing's awesome. You know, she's like, where'd, where'd you find that car? Oh, my like, grandma gave it to me. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, she, yeah, she wouldn't give me the time of day anyway. She was a tennis player. I can't oh. even remember her name. Definitely not your style. No, it was, it was not hey, happening. Hey, Terry you want to play tennis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Said no one yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: yeah. got the reach. I mean, you got that going for you.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Anyways, where are we at? <laughs> yeah. We're well, I was on my number four, I think, and you're... Uh, <laughs> Thomas Dolby?
0: Yeah. I went, I went back <laughs> into high school. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: I tried to find this song for Miss Annie DeFranco.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's on Spotify either. It probably isn't. Uh, Annie DeFranco did a cover of Used Cars, which is another Springsteen song. Uh, fantastic. The Springsteen version's great, but her version is a little bit slower. There's a lot more... Kind of twangy guitar, more back to this country stuff that yeah. you and I are really into. Apparently, <laughs> um, it's a great tune. I'll throw it in the uh, throw it in the playlist.
1: Yeah, uh, and my last song on the honorable mentions was "I'm on Fire." Getting back to the boss. Yeah. You know, okay. So I and I and I said to you earlier in the pre-show that uh, I don't know that this is really a cartoon because uh, "Hey, little daddy is your daddy," home? <laughs> you know that whole thing. I, is it more the video because? This was really 19, what, mid-'80s was on Born in the USA. Yeah, 84. Yeah, and so this was the middle of the MTV generation, and there, it was a Corvette in that video. Right, like
0: and, a 60s, early 60s yeah, Corvette. Yeah, and so
1: thing. Bruce is wearing his white T-shirt, and he's like the mechanic for the car. It's a great, great video. It's iconic, should yeah. I say the word? Yeah, it is. But, uh, but I don't know that it's really a car song, but I know I know this. In the 80s, that was a car video.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: It's a great song, and I think it's also... You know, it honestly... If I was a Bruce fan, I would probably put it in the top five songs because it
0: just really is a driving song. It's good. Yeah, it's that it's that beat. It's that beat where, yeah. uh, of course, Max Weinberg and... Well, know.
1: he's yeah, he's rocking the, the drumstick on on the
0: snare. It's just... It, it's got a great little rhythm to it. It's fantastic, and uh, he also... I don't know. He just epitomizes... There was something about him and Mellencamp and Billy Joel. Like, his uptown girls all filmed him in, like, a mechanic shop, which is crap, yeah, but whatever. But, but
1: that was like a – he knew that was like a cheesy – he was – and he – Joel grew up in that. You could tell the doo-wop. If you listen to Broken yeah. Windows – or, no, say, Broken Windows and uh, Glass Houses, sorry. Glass Houses. You, you listen to some of that. – he's got a doo-wop vibe to him. Definitely. So the doo-wop thing was not a surprise when he went and did – that whole album with the Uptown Girl, what was it called? Uh, the album?
0: Um, oh gosh. Anyway, it, the, the whole thing was themed. It's one like with it. Allentown on it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, right? no, Allentown was a different. It was a different one. Yeah. All right. Anyway, This, going down this, this, that is, where d- this is
1: where Daryl and I are falling apart. Two years
0: later. Yeah. I think it's this album. Yeah. yeah. No, I, but the, there's something to that though. Like in the in the '80s, I there guess, was. I guess was gonna,
1: anyways,
0: there sorry. was definitely. <laughs> we'll that test was each not, other. That later.
1: was a nylon curtain. Was Allentown? Sorry.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, no, but there's something to like the whole '80s vibe, where like you could either do like the new age, whatever, but like all the singer songwriter, popular kind of rock, like Springsteen, all of them. There was like a Mellencamp, like I'm an every man, I fix my own stuff, yeah, and I'm yeah. into bikes and I'm into cars. And, and Joel, and...
1: Joel was on that, but it
0: was kind of funny because he wasn't really that guy. Joel. He later wound up opening a motorcycle shop, though. Really? But like high end, like. 1950s BMW, like, Twins. The album like, for yeah. Uptown Girl was an Innocent Man. Innocent Man.
1: Yeah, and I think, okay, so The Longest Time was on there. All right. Keeping the Faith was on there. Those were all doo-wop songs. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Tell Her About It. Great song. And her. and that one he did, it was basically like he was on the Ed Sullivan show in the video, remember? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was the I first... think they even ripped off Ed Sullivan. They used, like, his likeness, and he was dead. This was the first... Before the... Weezer did it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a trendsetter. Tell her about it. Do, do. I may I'm going have be... to break that on the way to work tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good early morning. It is. Like, it's almost right there with uh, Phil Collins. Did some similar stuff too. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember what his solo album had. He be- did.
0: Well, he did a cover of. Uh, um, can't hurry love yeah no, that's right you yeah just yep. have to like exactly kind of do y yep. uh, motown yep. anyways all right <laughs> all right so are we down to the last one okay yeah. so no i okay so that was my last one and your last one is my last one is also another one uh it's fairly obvious it's uh incubus drive just cuz i like it cuz there's lots to talk about right. driving good for you
1: that's i somehow i missed welcome to pleasure dome i must have skipped over that one did you would you skip I, one but that's okay I, i'm okay cuz i think i had six songs and you had five so i, I that was I your number 3 did I talk about what? I did not talk about. No,
0: we talked about it. The we pre-show. talked about
1: seriously in the pre show. So that's okay. You know what, folks? If you're not on the pre show, you miss out.
0: Or just Google Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Because it's what? How many minutes is 13 it? 13 minutes long. And, I, and that's,
1: <laughs> this is where I get back to. And if you want a song that's going to, you know, you can listen to it three times and get from Des Moines to Iowa City, yeah. that's the song right there. It's amazing. Yeah you're along long I-80 and you need to make some time, yeah, yeah.
0: put on some Frankie Goes no, to Hollywood. Yeah,
1: but don't listen to Relax. Relax is okay. And, and Two Tribes is a great song. Actually, the funny thing is I had the Two Tribes version that was the American version when I was a kid, but then I later on got a new CD of it, and it wasn't the same. Apparently, it was a British version. So I actually had to seek out the American version again. On a CD, what's different in the British version? It, it the the vo- the voiceover with the Ronald Reagan imitation is different <laughs> on the British version. Trust me, Daryl. As a kid okay. growing up as a purist, I was distraught. <laughs> <laughs> this so is rubbish. As a CD trader back in the early nineties, I got I got my American version back. Did you send it back to Columbia House? No, no. I just there was some traders back and forth. I think me and a British guy trade because like I don't like my version. I'm like I don't like my version. You got peanut butter, and my chocolate. Anyway,
0: right? <laughs> it's a Twix commercial. Oh wow. Anyway, so all right. Well, I think I think Daryl, we have yeah. covered everything here. I think we covered all that and then some.
1: Yeah, and and if this wasn't good enough for you, next year will probably fail
0: you just as well. well don't worry, we'll be, it will be worse. <laughs> we'll be. I, think, I think next year we're going to do our favorite toys from over your children. Oh, you know what? That actually <laughs> wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. Because I probably <laughs> Our have a favorite couple. favorite
1: Christmas presents.
0: There you Our go. favorite Christmas presents. And then everyone at home will listen and say, I don't know what they're talking about. What are GoBots? What are Stompers? G.I. Joe, the Hovercraft. I don't even know what that is. Are these people like 100 years old?
1: Yeah. Well, between the two of us, we've closed in on that gap. We're pretty close. So. Anyway. Now, uh, 2020 has been a hell of a year. And mm. we appreciate everybody for hanging in there. Uh, as you know, and we 've talked about it quite a bit on the show, we have done everything we can to try and hold this thing together. It is tough uh Daryl works in a job that makes it hard. Uh, I work in a job that puts me in the front line with people, and we do everything we can just to try and <laughs> try and hope we can get together and not cross infect and cross pollinate and everything else right
0: yeah, yeah, and I appreciate everyone who 's uh also shared some some comments throughout the year uh, We know there 's a lot of fans of the show um we 're looking to take things in a in a you know the same direction, but continue to grow, continue to expand, meet new people, and our hope is that hopefully in the spring things can kind of at least settle down to a point where we can get back to somewhat of a normal schedule and uh, meet some of those folks who are out there just doing incredible things. Dude, there's so many people. Oh. We could do
1: so many interviews, and just this year has not been the year, and I, and I don't blame anybody. You know, it's, yeah, you, know, you get yeah. a little sideways, you're like, oh, that guy kind of blew us off or that, whatever, But but honestly – if I had to choose between you know having Thanksgiving with my family or having a podcast with Eric and Daryl, you know I'll choose Thanksgiving with my family and worry
0: about Eric and Daryl later, right? And we'll be here, yeah, we'll be here. We'll be in the in the garage or in the basement working on something. And actually, it's focused this year. It's it's forced everyone to focus on what's important: uh, family, your health, your well being. Your, uh, you know the things that you you really cherish, and for me, it's it's going to be focused on getting our basement done. So no, that we it's have still the cars studio. in the garage, Daryl. I mean, we, we all, we all know better. Come on, I'm still looking. You're at still going to
1: work on Super Tahoe. I can't believe that sucker's
0: getting resuscitated. I did. I if picked...
1: if you fix Super Tahoe, yeah, how long? How much longer
0: are you going to own that thing? Uh, probably forever and ever. <laughs> Somebody else does. It, does I love thing. you. Yeah, wait forever. Oh, that song didn't make the list. Anyway. Well, maybe 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 in twenty twenty one we'll fix up Super Tahoe and we'll go do you know some road rally with maybe it. Maybe we something. can race it
1: in the uh, Supra that are broke in my garage.
0: Maybe. <laughs> we can see which one breaks first. We'll see we'll start a race. All right. At uh, any at any rate, thanks for sticking with us and uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Yes,
1: Merry Christmas to the Scots and uh, the ever patient Miss Scott. <laughs>
0: yes. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, two folks, uh, wherever you're listening and enjoying this program from. We wish you the very, very best in 2021.
1: We'll see you in 2021. Thank you. Bye. And remember, behave yourselves. Because Santa can still look into his magic snowball and see just what you're up to.